and welcome to Mice Cast with your host Greg. No, again. No uh, Greg. No Greg tonight. But who else is here tonight? Mike and Shaft. Damn. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. <laughs> so bad, bad habit. Oh well. He's not here tonight. Gre- he's Greg's starting out. to sound like me. Hopefully he's out uh, earning money on his second career. Earning money, yes. Yes, he's uh, out doing a film gig tonight. And I understand it is a paid gig, so... Oh, that's cool. I got power to him. So, did you get uh, any information beyond the email he sent? No, only that it was a full weekend gig, 12-hour days. Yeah, two 12-hour days. So you two think, 12-hour days, yeah. You think it was paid? I, I'm firmly... That, that's, a, that's a long time to ask for a film student to do, you know... Uh, Free work? Free work, yeah. Uh, free work is your four or five hour job, but I'm, I'm going to uh, have my fingers firmly crossed that that's a paid gig. I hope so too. Oh, and he, and he's using his camera on this gig, so yeah, um, I should hope so. He's getting some decent money because he's using his own camera on it. All right. So, so with that being said, we got nothing big to really go over. This is uh, going to be your typical Seinfeld episode, a show about nothing. I haven't been to uh, Disneyland since, um, shoot, since the Electronica thing back in whenever the heck that was, <laughs> beginning of November. You know, uh, I, I don't think I don't think I've been since the Christmas decorations have been put up. I, I uh, had to go over to California Adventure Friday, and. It's all open again, where the the new trolley track is laid in. They got the new street and everything, so you can go through Hollywood to get it over to the Tower of Terror once again. Can you? But can, you the, can you still go through Bugs Land? You can still go through Bugs Land. Yeah, that that was that was already completed. So, the trolley track is completed from the bar, the new barn, which is located in back of the Tower of Terror, all the way up to the entrance of Hollywood. So now they're working on the what used to be the Sun Plaza which is now completely torn up. They have a big wall around that whole area, except the actual parade corridor itself is open. But the rest of it is all fenced off. The towers that used to have the little uh, reflectors and the uh, lights for the uh, big sun, uh-huh. they're, they're all down. The lights are down. The planters are all torn up. The fountain is gone. It's a big mound of dirt back there now. Okay, so the, so the walls are still up and pushed out then. Yeah, the walls are pushed out, so all you have is the parade corridor itself, and the rest of it is all fenced off. I don't even think you can get on the other side of it during the parade. I don't think there's even any seating on that side. What about the um, so. the little Electronica stage is still up then? Uh, it's It's been pushed forward. So, okay. yeah, it's out, but it's out almost <laughs> almost where the uh, information station is. Okay. So, and it's, it's a little bit smaller. It's not as big as it was, obviously. But they still got that, and then they have all the stuff that's sitting out there for uh, Electronica over in um, Hollywood. It was interesting because I'm out there during the day, so I'm watching families go out there, and kids going, what's this, Dad? Oh, I don't know. It looks like some sort of set of something. Oh, what do you think it is, Dad? Finally, I said, it's one of the sets for the Electronica event at night. You'll see it tonight. So, oh, okay. So. Did uh, did I hear correctly that Electronica is being extended? I haven't heard of it past uh, 
the I, first part of first week of January, but yeah, I yeah. would be a bit surprised. Yeah, I heard. I haven't I heard somewhere heard. into February now. It could very well be. Let me see if I can look it up here. But in yeah. the meantime, did did you know? Okay, I think we talked about this before, and it just never impressed on me. When you're standing over, have you ever seen the new stage that they have over at the uh, the World of Color viewing area? New stage. New, new stage. Okay, no. picture this. You know that whole wooden area that's down that you will get wet if you stand in that area during the show. Uh huh. Uh-huh. that whole thing lifts up as a big stage. Really? They have, they have steps underneath that are in storage. They just slide the steps out and hook it up. So what they do in the morning, that's what they're using for their uh, Disney Channel rocks. And they roll the sets out there, and the sets bolt down onto the set. I guess that's where all those tie, tie straps, I think I commented to Greg about it when we were looking at it, that it looked like there was a whole lot of tie downs on there. I couldn't figure out what they would be used for. And the... The set straps down onto it. And I, by set, I mean they're just some backings and sure. some light stuff on there. And then the whole thing lifts up. The stairs are stored underneath it, so they pull the stairs out and put the stairs on. Now you got a whole. This thing is a little bit higher than the middle range uh, viewing area. So now you got this whole stage that's set out there that they can do the show. And then in the uh, afternoon, they lower it back down. The set gets rolled off stage and. It's a viewing area for uh, World of Color. Huh. That's very interesting. That's that's a nice uh, dual use for the space there. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. It's just like, and thankfully, I'm not the only one that was like, whoa, I didn't know that existed because there was a couple of other people that are regularly in California Adventure that were also having that wow moment too. So... It was kind of neat to, yeah, see, like you said, dual purpose on it. <laughs> so slowly but surely, things are getting done around there. I'm uh, just scouring blogs and whatnot to see if there's anything that uh, we talked about this uh, candlelight last week. Um, oh, okay. I just came across pictures of this thing you are just talking about, the Disney Channel Rocks. Yeah. I just came across pictures of this Ray stage. Oh yeah, yeah. Very Pretty cool. It is very interesting. Oh, and the, the yeah, and they come out. They got some people dancing on um, some of these light boxes farther out. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Now wait a second. There's a picture here of of World of Color Fountain shooting water in the air. Is it part of the Disney Channel rocks, or is it just something that happened to be going on? I have no idea. I didn't see the show. Uh. Interesting. Your guess is as good as mine. So the letters are going away. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I was going to say, uh, in today's Orange County Register, there was mention about the letters going bye-bye. No mention of where they're going to end up, though. I was told it is part of an Anaheim project. Uh, I don't know if it's... Uh, city project or a private project that's supposed to be going over to uh, some new area that's being developed in Anaheim. <laughs> now, right. my, my first assumption was downtown. 
but I could very well be wrong. What? What? Where's downtown Anaheim? Where's downtown Anaheim? Yeah, where, what, 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 what intersection do you consider downtown Anaheim? Downtown Anaheim is between Lincoln and Broadway and between uh, Harbor Boulevard and, well, actually goes a little bit past Anaheim Boulevard. So Anaheim Boulevard to Harbor, that's the east-west boundary, and the north-south boundary is Lincoln and Broadway? That would be pretty much what downtown Anaheim is. You got the uh, Center Street Promenade, which is the absolute downtown. Uh, that heads straight into City Hall. Uh, over on one side of the street, you have City Hall West, which is another tower. That's where a lot of things are located. Um, then you have all the businesses there, the gas company, utilities, phone company. Uh, Walt Disney Travel Company is located in that area. Disney Ice is there. Yeah, I remember or, Disney Ice. Sorry, I named it wrong. It's Anaheim Ice now. Used to be Disney, Disney Ice. Right. Okay. So, uh, Anaheim and Harbor, and then Lincoln and Broadway. Okay, yeah. so I, just, I'm just trying the, to think. Uh, library just on the outside of that. So, okay, somewhere in the Center Street Promenade, then the, the spot could be for the letters, I would, I guess. It could be. Yeah, you got a big, huge spot in front of the uh, ice that you got a lot of room on. Or it could conceivably go over to uh, the big vacant lot that was supposed to be the uh, Platinum Triangle. Yeah. We all know how that worked out. Uh, who knows? How much do you think those things weigh? Lots. I have no clue. But I understand they're planning to take them out as a single piece. Excuse me, single pieces intact. Yeah, and that, uh, they don't look like they're able to be disassembled they look like no, they're, 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 so, yeah, they're, they're solid big solid one big pieces yeah so mm. it shall be interesting to say the least yeah we, we were talking about how they're going to do it they, they're literally going to have to bring up the trucks right into the middle of the esplanade in yeah. the middle of the night to do that and lift them out of there and lift them out of there I wonder if they huh. Just wonder how they, you know, attach the ground, or if they're sitting in some sort of, you know, like well, little like pins sitting in holes or something. You know, I don't know. If I remember how they fit, put those things in, they were formed in the spot, and it's rebar that goes down into the ground, into the, uh, you know, about a couple feet that hold them in place. So I don't know if they're going to dig them out. Or so then the jackhammers. No, jackhammers. If what you're saying is true, then you know jackhammers will be called for because they're gonna have to chew up the the concrete around them to lift them out. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm trying to find out if there's any information on this stuff here, but doesn't look like it so far. What I should do is probably get the register out. The redneck register. Hey, it's a good paper. <laughs> I used to read the register. It's a good libertarian paper. It's not libertarian. <laughs> yeah, it is libertarian. No, it is not. It is yeah, not. It is. No. It is too. They, they refer to themselves as libertarian. I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. No, I disagree. You can disagree, but... Come on. You would be wrong. <laughs> really? What? Yeah. What? 
part of the country does the Orange County Register serve? Uh, Orange County. Which is? Very uh, conservative. Yes. Conservative Republican type. So, so if, if the register doesn't lean to the right, then no one's going to buy the paper. Uh, libertarians tend to lean a lot to the right. Just uh, libertarian. There's there's only a few things between libertarians and Republicans that are inconsistent. But otherwise, most libertarians and most Republican philosophies uh, are the same. Hmm. I think we're going to get uh, less, on that assessment. Uh, we're, we're, we're going on to a different show, but yeah, less government, smaller government. <coughs> it's just that uh, Republicans feel that uh, with less government, the government that is there needs to be a strong government. Libertarians don't like having too many things being told to them. Okay. I'm looking for an online stub of the article that talks about the letters being moved see if there's any detail on yeah, that's what where they might end up and I came across uh, Rocketeer one of our wonderful Disney movies Jennifer Connelly's birthday is today oh that's right she's 40 yeah so anyways um, going back to uh, letters oh and we ran into uh, the football the uh, CIF championships over at Anaheim Stadium yesterday. Oh, yeah? Yeah, between Servite and Mission VAO. Uh, the Ann Getty store down in Disney is going to close. Yeah, I, I've been hearing that for some time, though. They keep talking about that. And and I actually thought it did close, and somebody said, oh, yeah, go to Ann Getty. It's like, isn't that closed already? So. All right, so I found the stub, right? Uh, okay. Starting January 4th, they'll take them out. They are 11 and a half feet tall. Tall little puppies. Children often climb on top. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, I, I chased a couple off there the other day. Mm. This is a span lane, part of $1 billion makeover, blah, blah. We all know about that. Yep. Plans to save the statues. Doesn't say where. Redecorate for different seasons. Difficult mosaic for holiday season candy canes. Rainbow makeovers. Pan Pacific Auditorium is open from 1935 to 1972. All right. Um, yeah, it doesn't say where they're going to end up. And if anybody wants to see what the Pan Pacific Auditorium looks like, you just got to look at the movie Xanadu. <laughs> Pan because Pacific. Pan Pacific Auditorium doesn't exist anymore. It burned down a few years back. Well, the facade stayed up, but then the facade burned down. They ripped out everything else. Just like the Ambassador Hotel next door to it. So. All right. Well, that's all I got. So Anyways. I guess they're not. They haven't decided where they're going to drop them. Yeah. So, anyways, interesting things there. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, just looking at um, Tron Legacy. We can. Tron. Yep. Saturday. Well, Sunday. Not Sunday. Friday. Ugh. I wonder if. Um, Oh, yeah, so exclusive downtown Disney store is set to close. This is the Ann Getty store. Ann Getty's uh, only signature store is set to close early next year in downtown Disney Anaheim. Uh, about five years. Store carries products, getting some baby babies, including infant clothes, books. Uh, duck, duck. 
couple decided renewing the lease because Gettys photography is moving in new directions. Gettys is concentrating more on photos inspired by nature and pregnant women. Said it was a difficult decision to close the store. Sure. Business was good. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So they're not saying that they're closing because they can't sell anything. They're just taking a different direction yeah. on their art. Do, do you believe that? I don't know. Um, I don't. I do know. I do know it was a very popular store. Now, whether anybody ever bought, bought anything, anything, yeah, there's it. lots of people rolling through Looky Lose, right? Know, it's like any other art gallery. They're very popular. I love. We. I was looking at the Thomas Kincaid Art Gallery over at Main Place yesterday. Love walking through it. Would I ever buy anything there? No. Well. I did find one one picture I liked, which was called the uh, what was it called? The Grand Old Gathering, and it had uh, six six or seven GOP presidents having a poker round hmm. from uh, uh, from Abraham Lincoln to George W. sitting around having a poker game, just laughing it up. Here's a couple of interesting I seen, things. I haven't seen that picture. It, it was actually kind of a neat picture. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, this week, by the time you hear it, unfortunately, it'll already be done. But this week, uh, the there you have uh, are releasing the Pirates of the Caribbean Four movie trailer. Really? They're going. Yes, they're going to show some. Uh, they got some promotional winners that are going to get an exclusive sneak peek of the trailer tomorrow at the downtown Disney AMC theaters at 6.30 in the morning. Jeez. That's and then they get to go over and watch a pirate show at 7.30 on the Columbia. Hmm. But 6.30 in the morning to go see a trailer, not the movie. Yeah, that's kind of lame. See a trailer. That's kind of lame. I saw Johnny Depp. I was watching Johnny Depp on uh, David Letterman. I was hoping that he would, might mention something. No, he was talking about Angelina Jolie and all that stuff. His new movie out with her. The Tourist. That movie actually That's, looks uh, kind of cool. It looks interesting. All right, Tron Legacy. Um, I'm going to see if there's any morning show times. I'm not going to go see any stinking midnight show, that's for sure. Oh, here's here's a note for anybody coming down to visit Disneyland in the next month. Goofy's Kitchen at the Disneyland Hotel is closing for the next month for a refurb. Goofy's Kitchen's closing for refurb? Yeah, it's, it's being refurbished. So instead of having Goofy's Kitchen, they're going to have Goofy's Ballroom. They're going to have the breakfast and everything served over at the Grand Ballroom. It's, you know, it's that breakfast buffet yeah, you get with yeah. the characters and everything over at the Disneyland Hotel. I know I know the Goofy's Kitchen. Yeah, so it's closing for refurbishing until January 21. That's not that long. No, it's not that long. Just anybody coming down here, yeah, it's a month. It closes tomorrow. So. Crap. What? I can't get Tron times for Friday. I can only get them for Thursday. Oh, Thursday midnight show? Yeah. Uh, they don't know what time they're going to show it on Friday? Really? Really? No, that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> you tell them. They... Pissing me off. 
so. <sighs> oh, well. I was going to say, you know, right at 10 o'clock or whatever time if they... But sometimes they don't show it in the morning. That's the summertime stuff. What? Well, uh, in the summer, you'll they'll have movies, oh. show times, it's, you know, as early as 10 a.m. Yeah. This time of year, not so much. They, they did that over at uh, the theaters by my house, the uh, Krikorian, with uh, Harry Potter. Uh, at the midnight showing, they had like eight or ten theaters showing it at midnight, and then they just ran through starting, I think, the next show. They started at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., and they ran it in four or five theaters from that point on. It was really easy to get into the theater, and we had really good seats. that We saw it on uh, Friday after Friday evening. Okay, there's an IMAX. Finally found it. There's an IMAX showing 10 a.m. on the 17th. Where at? Riverside. Oh, way over there. Yeah, yeah. You know, someplace that's hmm, local. <laughs> well, to some people. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you haven't been in the parks recently. No, we no. Got all the Christmas Crap. decorations up now. We uh, we yeah. got the Christmas party. The cast member Christmas parties are tomorrow night, tomorrow and Tuesday. That's kind of late. Aren't they usually well, the first week? Well, it's because they had some other things going on, and they need to get to, uh Yeah, it does feel a little late in the season, but they had some other stuff going on where they had other parties and other events going on. Sylvania is, a, uh, I guess, a big backer of the Small World Show, so they had a couple events going on. Sylvania is in the light bulbs? Yes. And... Uh, could do it around the weekend with uh, candlelight because that would be asking too much. Yeah. So they have it. To, they have it tomorrow, and it's going to be interesting this year because my understanding is you know how they've had those parties where they it's kind of like the magic hour afterwards over at Walt Disney World where you get a wristband you can come in while the park is still open. Yeah. So then you have to show the wristband to use or do anything else. Right. They're going to be doing that. So they're going to start the party for the uh, cast members at 4 in the afternoon and just let it run off for the rest of the uh, evening ah. there. Okay. So. I wonder, do you, I wonder how much this is going to cost. I could oh, buy what? tickets for 3D, not IMAX 3D, but for a regular 3D on Friday. So I'm going to click it, and it is $12 for a matinee. Actually, that's not too bad of a... Pr- for a matinee? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Here, let me go back, and let me click a non-matinee showtime. So I'm going to say 7. This is not IMAX, by the way. 1450 3D. So in reality, you're only saving two bucks. $2.50, which is yeah. a large soda nowadays, right? Or small no, soda. Right? Even, small, so- small, small soda. soda. <laughs> Sorry. Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm just... How much? I wanna, what I wanna, was it? I, I had five bucks in my pocket, and I had to go get a pot. My popcorn is free, because you get a free popcorn with this little card you go into the theater. And I just had to buy the soda. And I didn't have enough money to buy a large soda. I had five bucks in my pocket. 
And it wasn't enough for a large soda? No, it wasn't. Okay, that's wrong. So what do you think? Do you think Tron's going to blow, blow it out of the water, or do you think uh, it's going to fizzle and pop? You know, I'm starting to get a little nervous on it. I, You know, when we were talking about it in the past, it, it blew me just with the new digital effects and the way CIG is now. CIG, CGI. Get it right. CGI is today. Um, it just blew me away, and I was, I, I, I'm still very excited for it, but suddenly I'm starting to, as, as we're getting closer and closer to the uh, opening date, I'm starting to hear people going, well, it kind of has the... One of the comments that was made about Tron back in 82 or 83 was that the story was weak. It looked really neat and everything, but it kind of had a base, basic weak story to it. And some of the comments I've gotten from people now th that I've been hearing from people that have seen the movie is saying that it's similarly, similarly, uh, it's a little bit better, but not by much than the original Tron was. That they really were depending a lot on the effects on this movie. Hmm. So I'm getting a little nervous on it. I'm still looking very forward to it. But I hope it just, you know, the real question is, is it going to have enough drawing power to get, you know, you and I like it, we're Greg and everything, we're kind of the movie buffs, techno geek type. Sure, Disney we'll see regardless, right? yeah. We'll see. Is it going to have the drawing power to pull in more than just us? Is it going to have enough power to be able to bring in more of a larger, a wider range of audience? And I'm starting to get concerns on that part, if it really will or not. <coughs> we'll have to see what the uh, how the reviews come out this next week, because we'll start hearing the actual uh, reviews coming in with the uh, Tuesday and Wednesday uh, media. Well, I don't going to see it. I know, uh, you know, my kids watch this Disney Channel, and, and they've been doing a lot of little tie-ins, um, showing behind-the-scenes crap, or you know, the the two TV, the two stars, or will talk to their little tween correspondents and whatnot. And my sons asked me if uh, if he could see it based on just that, you know. Yeah, and I told him I'd have well, to see it first. To... My kid, my kids were looking forward to seeing it from the day the first I showed the first commercial, the first trailer that was on uh, uh, YouTube. They thought it looked really cool, and then when we saw the uh, ten-minute version of it over at California Adventures, you know, similar to me, they were just blown away with the whole thing. They were really cool, and that, that was before I had a chance to show them the first Tron movie which the graphics kind of disappointed them but they did kind of get into the story of the first Tron movie there were still some questions that had to be answered on it but they kind of enjoyed it now they kind of have an understanding of where the storyline goes from so they're actually looking forward to seeing the new movie and especially since they know who Kevin Flynn is and uh, who Tron was and everybody else the um but my wife doesn't care for it too much. She's not into that type of stuff. She and uh, 
she may, she may not go see the movie, and that's where I'm kind of concerned on the broader appeal, the broader audience appeal to it. I'm, I'm kind of interested in, like, like you, I'm kind of, after I saw that stuff over at uh, California Adventure, I'm kind of interested in seeing it in 3D. Yeah, may I'm or may not. Hmm? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see IMAX. I'll see yeah. IMAX 3D. So we'll see. We'll see how it works out. My my biggest thing is I just don't like paying the extra money on those stupid gloss glasses. <laughs> I don't like the glasses either. But you know, if, if it's done well enough, um, then you know. That was it's, another article that I was you, reading. We you, were, we, you tend to forget that you're you know, wearing glasses. Yeah. We, we were ta- I don't think we talked about it in the, uh, during the show. We were talking about it prior to the show. Um, I was reading a couple articles in uh, the magazine. I won't mention the name of the magazine, just whatever. But um, they were talking about the SLR craze using the uh, SLR for video and that's kind of suddenly it's kind of becoming a fad. It's, people are going the people that were using the SLR cameras are going back to regular video cameras. But one of the things they were also talking about in an article was uh, 3D. And there was an interesting article I was reading last month that had several people that were key individuals that worked on 3D motion pictures. I saw a new um, you know, point-and-shoot camera that shoots in 3D. Point-and-shoot is in still or video? Yeah. Little point-and-shoot camera does 3D. Fuji. Yeah, seen a, yeah, yeah, there was a guy that uh, came to Disneyland a couple, number of weeks ago that had that camera. They, they, that's been around for a little while. It just hasn't been in the American market. This guy came from, bought the camera in Japan and brought it over. It was really neat, but you have to have a spec. But you have to use the, uh, and you can show it on your computer, and you have to have glasses, special glasses to it because it's same as your 3D. It gives you, uh, you're like your game 3D. It tells the glasses when to go on and off to shift the picture over. You know, it shifts the picture back and forth. On yes. There. Yes. Yeah. So you still have to buy the peripherals to be able to watch, to be able to see the pictures in 3D on your computer. But he said it, it it's wonderful uh, resolution on it. And one of the big things is because it has a uh, well higher than HD resolution to the camera, even though it doesn't necessarily show up on the computer that way. But it has a uh, incredible resolution on there. But it's also using a lot of uh, memory on the camera. What do you consider incredible? Hmm? What do you consider incredible resolution? Well, he he was telling me it was in the uh, uh, it wasn't quite what's called 4K, which is 4,000 lines of resolution, but it's in the upper like 25 or 2600 lines of resolution. Huh. And what it does is when it puts it I'm, I'm guessing now here I'm going into my guesswork on the camera because you only on a, on a standard monitor you only have what 1900 lines of resolution well so okay maybe I get lines of resolution mixed up with regular resolution but currently well, you know I'm looking at a I'm looking at a computer with 
You're 1280. I'm only, I'm only at 1280. Yeah, and your standard, I really think standard, your high-definition television is only 1080. 1080. And this yes, thing is... Yes, 1080, 1080. Okay, so actually this is... Yeah. But it's 19.2 by 1080. No, it's not that. What the heck is it? 1080 is the one... No, nah, never mind. I don't want to... Yeah, you got to get the the calculator out. But anyways, yeah, it it has like 22 or 2,500 lines of resolution. He says it was just awesome. But you do have to have the peripherals to be able to see it on the computer. So, but he said it was really nice stuff. And I have no clue. How did we get into the Fuji camera? (laughs) Because you're talking about. Oh, three D, three D, three D They're talking about the, uh, the the cons on the three D. One of the things is the extra cost of the glasses. Uh, people are starting to get tired of paying the extra money. It hits that hidden little cost. Uh, movies are expensive as is, and you have to pay for those glasses. Um, the other thing is, and I didn't notice. I mean, I've noticed it, but I haven't really laid my finger on it. When you're looking at a 3D uh, motion picture, it's darker than you're if you didn't have the glasses and you were just looking at a standard picture. Yes. Um, and that is something that they are trying to correct. Uh, the 3D in video on your television, they've been able to correct it and get your brightness up. However, and this has to be told, when you're watching 3D on a high-def te- television, we were just mentioning that you have 10, uh, uh, 1,080 lines of resolution. When you watch a 3D picture, you only have about a little less than 500 lines of resolution because it's being split between your left and your right. Huh. So, so you It still, still looks have- pretty hot. I, I mean, have you gone in and looked at oh, the... Oh, it, it still looks good, yeah. And I and I told you I saw that stuff over at uh, Consumer Electronics Show. Those two manufacturers that actually had televisions uh, where you didn't need glasses at all, and they were true high def. One of them was, was claiming to be true high def, 3D. So it's using more than a thousand and eighty lines on it, but you didn't need glasses, and it, it looked like you can read the, the the television itself is only about what two and a half inches, three inches deep, but it looked like when you're watching the picture, you could reach inside to grab it. Yeah, yeah. The the so it looked very awesome. The um, you know, the little test ones they have lined up at the Best Buy. You know, what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Those, uh, yeah, sitting over those little home theaters where you can grab the glasses and look <laughs> at them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw one of those at a furniture store. They were trying to show their home theater furniture. and they. But the only problem was they had Astro Boy on there. Looked great in 3D, but it wasn't exactly the movie I wanted to see. But. <laughs> Astro Boy. Take what you can get. But th- those, those those were the big things that they were talking about on 3D. And the w- other thing is sponsors. Uh, sponsors are shying away from 3D because of the added expense. It's expensive enough to make a commercial. They don't feel it's necessary to have their product in 3D. 
In fact, if anything, some of them don't want their product in 3D. You know, okay. <laughs> There's some illusion that's still there in 2D. <laughs> you know, it's very interesting um, that some people are fighting the the move to 3D. And it seems to be what the consuming public considers the, the next the natural next step in the evolution of um, video or film entertainment for the home. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it is the next uh, natural step is three dimensions. My the only thing I'm seeing though is the technology. You know, there's such a hard push that they're going to do it. The technology isn't catching up fast enough with what people want to do. You, you get some people like James Cameron sitting here that says he will never make a new, another two-dimensional picture in his, again. Um, but there, there still are some shortfalls and some difficulties on uh, making 3D motion pictures. The first and foremost is that um, when you do a 3D motion picture, the post time, the time in editing and putting in putting it together and everything is literally two and a half according to what I was reading it takes two and a half times as long in post to do a 3D picture as it does a standard 2D picture and you know time is money that's going to cost extra money so that's added expense to it um, and then when you're if you do have any effects to add on to it uh, I did I mention the story one guy who works with ILM was talking about uh, doing effects with Avatar and um, doing some 3D effects. He said one of the problems you have to be really careful with is that you can get away with in 2D that you can't get away with in 3D. Picture a scene like Battlestar Galactica. doesn't matter which one, if you want to look at the Lauren Green one or the uh, James Almost one. But picture Battlestar Galactica in 3D. Or let's start in 2D. Okay. And and you watch you watch the Galactica go across the scenery there. Now, during that scene, they might have done that take a couple different times, and during one of those times, they might have forgotten to light up one window in the Galactica. So, for most of the shot, it's lit up, and then for a few frames. It's dark, and then it lights up back again. Okay, 2D, no big deal. Hey, somebody turned off the lights and turned the lights back on. It looks <laughs> completely natural. Okay. Now you do that in 3D. You have your left side and your right side, and you have the Galactica coming across. Now, for just a few frames, the right eye, the light turns off and then comes back on. But the left eye, the light stays on the whole time. The problem with that is that you're, even though you don't consciously see it, your brain picks up on it and it has a discrepancy. And it's, your brain starts trying to work out that discrepancy. So this is what gives you your headaches during 3D is when you have these little very minor discrepancy that, you're, you, that you don't consciously pick up but your brain does you your brain picks it up and it's trying to uh, you know fix them it's trying to decipher what does this mean and that's what gives you headaches during 3Ds 
Hang on just a second. I just need to step away from the mic for a second here because I'm going to uh, have a little bit of a cough. Hang on. Okay. So Shaft mutes his microphone, thankfully, instead of coughing into it, which was, I think, rather polite behavior. Yeah, that's that's and, why you have that little interrupt button there. And he's this, back. This, this, the sneeze and the cough button there. <laughs> so... But yeah, your mind picks up on these discrepancies, and, and it will, it you know, and it, it'll cause these little problems. Another one was a uh, one of these uh, effects per- people were talking about. They had a commercial where they had all these butterflies flying, and it was just supposed to be this whole picture was covered with butterflies. It starts off with all these butterflies here, and then they all float away to show the product, and. In 2D, they had this very large butterfly. Uh, it just looks like the butterfly's closer to you because it's very large. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't but matter. It, it, it doesn't matter where the butterfly was, and it flew off and um, showed the product. When they did it in 3D, they realized that because of the position in three-dimensional space of where that butterfly was supposed to be, that butterfly was, your eyes and your brain are telling you that that butterfly, because your eyes are focusing, that it's four feet away, but that this butterfly is about three feet wide. And your mind knows, wait a second, butterflies aren't that big. So your eyes are telling it that it's this distance away, but it's huge. And again, it's a discrepancy that your brain instinctively picks up on that it has to try to rationalize out and again if they, they had to go back and they corrected it they, they made the butterfly they made the butterfly distance closer or, or farther whatever they needed to do on this particular case to adjust it so that your brain can can rationalize what it's seen and these are the different things that are coming up in uh, three dimensions. That's the same thing that causes sea uh, sickness and motion sickness. Uh, exactly. Your your, uh, your your brain or your eyes can't uh, reconcile what the inner ear is telling them. That's the you, word I'm looking for. Reconcile. You know the 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 either the ear feels motion that the eye doesn't see. Exactly. And 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 that causes confusion, or the other way around. The, the icy motion that the ear doesn't feel. And yeah, your inner ear, your balance, sense of balance. Yeah, so that's what usually makes people ill that's or motion exactly, sickness because you can't. Um, that is exactly correct. And it's this same reconciliation that's having, that they're really having to pay attention to when they're doing three, especially with CGI, they have to make sure that the right eye and the left eye, even though they're, uh, frame of reference is going to be different because, well, that's what gives us three dimensions. It has to be able to uh, look correct. Um, This goes into placement. They said even in uh, live action when they were doing Avatar, well, not so much Avatar, they were doing another shoot using the same type of camera system that uh, uh, Cameron was using. They have to light it differently because this, when you're, and I didn't even consider this. This was just, this one was really way out there. When they had a person that was walking across the set, the right camera was picking up the shadowing from one perspective, the left camera was picking up the shadowing from a different perspective, and again, 
you had this conflict in what the right and the left side are seeing. It, you have to really readjust your way of thinking as far as lighting is concerned so that you can get your shadowing correctly so you don't get conflicts that the brain has to reconcile. What a pain in the ass. Yeah, and, that, and that's, that's, that's the thing is... 3D is, you're, I agree, 3D is the next natural step. This is where everybody wants to go. But right now, there are still just technical sides to it that have to be continually worked out. And some of those, you really have to question, is, there, is the cost what you want to put into it? Now, yeah, that's, when you're talking... That sounds like a great say, giant pain in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, why, you, you, why bother? Yeah, when you're talking to someone like Pixar, now when, uh, according to one of the interviews with uh, one of the Pixar, I, I wasn't with, um, I want to say it was with Brad Bird. Um, it wasn't with, um, whatchamahoosit. Uh, what, head of J- Pixar. Lassiter? Lassiter, it was not Lassiter. I want to say it was Brad Bird when he was working on something, or might, might have been one of the animators, one of the other animators. But they said when they're doing a digital composite for uh, motion picture like Toy Story or uh, Monsters or something like that, the computer already has a frame of reference be, to be able to get the depth, their depth of field within the computer environment to create the 2D motion picture to have a character walk up to the camera or walk away from the camera. The computer already has a reference of spatial orientation. So it literally is just flipping a switch to tell it, Okay, go 3D and create two separate, you know, a left signal and a right signal. Um, but when you're getting into something that's more like uh, the Avatar or your live action type uh, 3D, you're talking about a lot, of, lot more work going into it. Would you really consider Avatar live action? It's interesting. They use motion capture. Yes, I know. Which oh you got you you do have to come to uh, NAB I gotta tell you you have to come to NAB because you gotta see because they they the last this last year every year they build this one company that specializes in motion capture they build a motion capture set there and they have performers up there and you can see them on the monitor and on the computer from wire diagram to final uh, well not final composite but to a composite image on there. Um, but yes, there are. I I would say that was live action in so much that it gave live actors the cameras and the spatial orientation of live actors had to be computed into the animation equivalent. I don't know. I don't think. I think they were able to do what you're talking about for toy. You know, for Pixar films. Once it's captured and once it's rendered in. The the animated computer generated scenery and whatnot. Yeah. Then they can flip the switch, just like you said. Right, because because yeah. all all those actors are lit evenly for their green screen work. Right, the shadowing and all that comes in later. Well, yeah. In fact, they're not even lit. They're they're. Uh it's just they're picking up computer images and they're using fa- and then they use uh, some facial characteristics. I think they used uh, close-ups of the facial characteristics to build a model that the computer uses to use facial characteristics while their uh, performers are doing their lines. So, 
All I got to say is, you know, I have not, I have admittedly not seen Avatar. I really haven't had a huge desire to go see it. Neither have I. <laughs> but, I but I have read the background and the technology. Amazing technology. Amazing amount of work on there. It looks, the pictures look wonderful. Um, but then if you're spending 15 years on a project, I would hope it would. Yeah, and I have a and, and here's the big thing: James Cameron has has earned the, his spot to be able to do that. Most studios are not going. Most studios are not going to put 15 years into a single project. No, and 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 that's where it comes down to: is you need to be able to get something out within 10 to 20 months. Yeah. It's, uh, this is funny. This I have is funny. I have a um uh Blu-ray copy of Avatar that I've been loaned and I just can't seem to work up the <laughs> the the juice to go sit down and maybe when football's over. So eh. Oh, how'd you like it today? I I was upset that Green Bay lost to of all people the Lions. Oh. And did you see uh, the uh, the dome at Minneapolis? Yes. <laughs> no. The video, the overnight video of it, of the, of the dome coming down. No, I didn't see any. I didn't see any uh, video of it. I just seen that um, that that it's down. Uh, but the interesting thing is, that, um, the dome at Syracuse University uses the same technology. Uh, air pressure to hold the roof up right um and once only one time since i since i went and 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 been there has it snowed so much in syracuse that they have they've had to they've deflated the dome on purpose before this kind of damage happened yeah and apparently um they they weren't ready for this and it ripped some of the ceiling tiles here Oh yeah, um, I'm sure. I'm sure you can take a look at it. Uh, they showed it um, both both on uh, Fox and on uh, CBS. They were showing video of it. The uh, the camera inside the dome, you could see it starting to sag, and all the speakers and the lighting are just dangling barely off the uh, some of the uh, spectator seats. And then suddenly, you see just this big, huge cloud of snow just drop down in the middle of the field. Yeah, that's not good. For four out, so it it, it looked awesome. <laughs> I I hate to say because they're they got a heck of a repair job to do, but it did look awesome, <laughs> spectacular. And I'm glad to see uh, the Raiders lost. Sorry, all you folks up in Oakland, I just don't care. <laughs> that about was the a Raiders good game. Stuff. Yeah, it was good, and I'm glad that we were able to get to the last play before they cut out. Um, what was it, CBS? or Yeah, CBS was playing that game, and it cut out literally in the last five seconds of the game, and they switched games over to the Charger and the Chefs. That gave us another disappointment. No Heidi on this one. Eh. So. <sighs> Crud. Oh, well, um, all right, well, okay. Now, does it seem like to you that we're kind of running out of steam here? 
We're right. Well, I thought we did pretty good on the uh, 3D whole aspect, but yeah, I guess yeah. we we might be running out a little steam here. There's only eight minutes left, so if you want to. Well, in that case, then since since uh, I did the music that you have set up here is uh, very important, we should talk about a little bit about what? how the music comes in, the reference on the music, and where it goes to Disney. Um, what music? The the little alarm tone. Yeah, the little alarm tone. You should play that for the end music here. It's only it's only thirty seconds. Yeah, but that's great thirty second preset. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you on that. But uh, okay, why don't you? Most people don't realize that um, there there was a gentleman by the name of Jack Webb who brought out a couple television shows. Radio shows first was Dragnet, and then later to television, and also Emergency and Adam-12. And he was very good friends with Walt Disney. Uh, such good friends that when he was taking his show to television, Walt actually built him a facility over on the Disney lot to be able to do the television show. The original Dragnet television show was done there at the uh, Disney lot. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, if you remember over on the south side of the lot, there's a two-story building just to the east of the big sound stages. That's, uh, they, or I'm sorry, it's a three-story building. It uh, had a lot of costuming stuff going on over there. There was, there was rolls of material that were sitting out in front of it all the time, big bolts of material. Do you remember that at all? No. Coming in, coming in off of Riverside Drive. Anyways, that was the Jack Webb building over there. You can still see it from, uh, I haven't been over there, but I think you can still see it from Riverside Drive. It's a three-story, just regular office building look over there. But um, when you watch Dragnet, do you remember what the badge number was that you saw? 714. And what what, what was the significance of that badge number? Oh, well, I don't know, but I know that 714 is area code for Orange County. <laughs> It is. It's one of several now. Um, but when that badge number was there on television, there was no area code for Orange County. No, the thing is, Jack Webb was also a reserve officer with LAPD. Hmm. He was He was really, truly, honestly a sergeant. You know, he played Sergeant Joe Friday, but he truly was, in reality, a reserve sergeant with LAPD. 714 was his badge number. That was his badge that they showed at the opening and closing of Dragnet. I didn't know that. So, and that's the rest of that story. <laughs> All right, so, and here, let me see if I can make it go. So we can hear. Well, see, now most people don't know that's a Dragnet tune. So anyways. That's that's the end credits for... That's the end credits of the... After, uh, I think, two or three years? Yeah, what, what, what's it called? It's called the... Uh, well... Yeah, I want to say Victory March, but it's, it's not... Dragnet it's, fan, uh, it's not Dragnet Fanfare. Fan, yeah. No, okay, Danger Ahead the first, is the other tune. Yeah. That's the tune everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, shoot, I don't know what it's called. Just a dragnet. I just know it as a dragnet march. 
So, anyways, so there's our note of trivia for the evening, even though we don't have Greg here to uh, throw it at us. Fling poo. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have a... Uh, we we I, we'll, we'll we'll leave you salivating on this show because we are going to revisit another note of trivia on the next show. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. We, we 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 got a letter in with an article. Uh, do we do we want to lead in on what this show is going to be about mostly? Uh, uh, what show? Well, the subject matter Greg didn't want us to talk about because he wants to be involved in this. Oh next show. oh okay. Just leave you salivating and looking forward to the next show. Sure. Go okay. ahead. We have talked about this at length several times. Uh, Greg and I talked about it on a show when Mike uh, wasn't with us, and Mike's been a part of it several times. We received a letter with another article yet about Casablanca. Stupid and airplane. Yeah, it's the stupid airplane story. And ironically, I... Uh, happened to watch the movie last week it was on uh, Turner Classics so I have some comments Greg has been contrary to the articles of this show Greg has actually been doing some more research on it so that is going to be the big subject matter of the next show well we'll see how far it goes (laughs) we'll see how far it goes and of course if something else happens between now and then nobody knows but uh, we'll leave it at that okay yeah, there's a nice tease for you. Yeah. So that, I, I think that's all I have to offer for tonight. All right. Uh, I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> 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 and, and I'll say goodnight. Good night. Good night.